When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas for Cowboys articles and analysis, news and opinion, and as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, we will get into the Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Queen, announcing that there is an open competition at outside cornerback moving forward. Let's play a little bit of a catch-up here, a recap. The Cowboys lost Jordan Lewis in Week 6. Nickel cornerback lost him for the season versus the Detroit Lions. Deron Bland stepped up, and he has stepped up in a major way. He has been a silver lining even in the recent loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The guy can play. Not only that, but the guy has adapted quickly to the NFL and although he is one of the most targeted nickel cornerbacks in the NFL, he is not letting QBs get away with it. He's not buckling down to the challenge or anything like that. Then, a few weeks later, Anthony Brown goes down for the season as well. And the results have not been the same for the player trying to replace him. Kelvin Joseph has been an issue for the Cowboys. This was specifically... A huge test for him as the Cowboys were facing a quarterback and a head coach in Doc Peterson that knows how to take advantage of those absences, that knows how to hit that easy button time and time again. And although they only targeted Kelvin Joseph directly twice, he gave up 69 yards and two touchdowns in those two catches that he allowed. Uh, it was a total of three targets, actually, now that I think about it. But... Clearly, the Cowboys need to figure this one out. The Cowboys need to figure out who's their best shot at having quality play at outside cornerback. My question from me to you is, who do you think ends up being the starting cornerback moving forward? The Cowboys have Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright, who benched Kelvin Joseph at one point versus the Jaguars, or do you think it will be one of the recent free agent signings by the Cowboys? You've got Trayvon Mullen, who was a former second round pick out of Clemson University. You've got uh, Mackenzie Alexander, the same. But he's a player that has more experience inside than he does outside. So kind of an issue there maybe with the transition. And you've also got Kendall Sheffield, former Atlanta Falcon, knows Dan Quinn's defensive style and has trained outside since the moment that he signed with the team. Who do you think ends up being the answer 
for the Cowboys secondary. Let me know. You might think that it, it, it will be Kelvin Joseph. You might think that it will be Kelvin Joseph. Now, Gregory says it's got to be Deron Bland, says Gregory. And I don't know if it should be Deron Bland. I am comfortable with Deron Bland staying inside. And I know that we think of the slot cornerback sometimes as a number three cornerback in the NFL. That's not the case anymore. The slot, the nickel cornerback has become one of the toughest positions in the sport. Bill Purcells this offseason called it the most important position in the NFL, defensively speaking, even more than the edge rusher. You might argue with that, but uh, at least, you, you know, just to paint a picture as to how important it is, I am comfortable with Bland staying inside because one, and I, you know, I didn't feel this way a couple of weeks ago because I didn't know that Bland was going to be this impressively consistent inside. But now that I have pretty much no doubt as to how he's playing at, you know, in the nickel, I, I am fine with the Cowboys, you know, just doing their thing and letting the rookie stay where he has looked good. Because number one, you don't mess with that mojo. You don't mess up with, with Bland's development. But also, you might be facing your toughest challenges moving forward inside, not outside. Hey, that was the case even this Sunday. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk had seven targets by Trevor Lawrence on Sunday. When he was on Darren Bland, he had only three catches in those seven targets versus Bland. This is specifically against the fifth-round rookie. And Bland had two PBUs. He had one interception. And then versus Kelvin Joseph, no, excuse me, and then just Kelvin Joseph by himself, two catches allowed, two touchdowns, 69 yards total. Those are the numbers. Some of the key numbers for your cornerbacks by uh, – your Dallas Cowboys cornerbacks, excuse me. Let's see some other of your answers here. Who do you think ends up being the starter outside? Uh, Jeff Clark says definitely Bland as well. Charlene Evans also says Bland. A lot of people want to see the position change, and I can, you know, I can respect that. I'm not sure if I agree. Uh, I, I'm good with Bland staying inside. Let's see. Sheffield knows the system, says Jason. Now, Tariq has a good point here. He says it should be Bland. And then you move Mackenzie Alexander inside. If it becomes a if it becomes a matter of who's your best three, like you know, when we talk about the offensive line and who's the best five, if it becomes that type of conversation, then I think that's your best argument to try out the wrong land on the outside. I'll give you that for sure. Let's see. Who else? Who else? Wright or Sheffield? Says Jessica. Nashawn Wright had had a good rep here and there versus the Jaguars, especially on overtime. That tackle that gave the Cowboys an opportunity was a huge moment for Wright. Got to be uh, Bland, says Ryan. Sheffield knows the system. Oh, I already read that one. I'm sorry. James says Sheffield. Let's see. Purdy. <laughs> hey, shout out to Niner for Life, who's watching ADZ Sports Dallas. Weird choice of a username when his favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys, I would say. But hey, you do you, you do you. Nah, just kidding. Shout out to Niners for Life. Uh, thank you for joining the show. Hopefully the Cowboys 
get some payback in the postseason. Even if even if hopes are kind of low this week in Cowboys Nation, Terrence Newman's is not so toxic. <laughs> Sheffield needs to start, says Jeff. I'm going to give you an answer that I think we probably will not love, but I will go with, I, I think this is more of a prediction than what I want. I want a Cowboys to try out some of the new players they've brought in. I know that it's not ideal. Kendall Sheffield uh, has not been great, has been inconsistent throughout his career. The same for even Trayvon Mullen, although Trayvon Mullen was more about injuries and about staying healthy early in his career. Maybe with some time, uh, Trayvon Mullen becomes a, a player that you want to start, but maybe not right now because of the recent injuries in his career. But I think that what, what's really going to happen is we're going to keep seeing Kelvin Joseph and Deshaun Wright. And those are the two guys that are going to fight for the role. And maybe none of them ends up with the starting role 100%. Maybe they keep splitting reps and they have a rotation going on at that position. That's not ideal, but you're not supposed to get ideal when two out of your three starting cornerbacks are injured. And that sucks because there, there is a an, an luck element to it. You lost two of your starters in the secondary. That's never good. But that is the position that the Cowboys find themselves in. Like, we can hold it against the Cowboys that they didn't fully prepare at wide receiver, that they let Amari Cooper go, and then they find themselves in this uncomfortable spot at wideout where you have Noah Brown making some plays, but you also have the inconsistencies. And you can hold it against the Cowboys that they let Lyle Collins go, that you hurt your depth at offensive line. You can hold all of that against the Cowboys. I'm not entirely sure if you can hold it against them that they didn't fully prepare at cornerback because we felt good about the depth at corner. You just got unlucky at the position and two of your top three guys are missing. Fortunately, Trevon Diggs is not one of them because you've got to respect what Diggs has done in the absence of Jordan Lewis and, uh, and Anthony Brown. Lou, uh, Diggs has become the corner that we wanted him to be last year when we were having this endless discussion about the interceptions and whether he was good or bad or great or elite. And now we're seeing the version of Trevon Diggs that we don't see him too often, period. We don't, we don't hear about him during the game too often because quarterbacks are not looking his way. You've got to respect that for sure. But hey, I think that it will be between Kelvin Joseph and Sean Wright. Toxic says, Mo, are you done with KJ? We have very little to feel good about when it comes to Kelvin Joseph. But I'm not done just based on the fact that who else are you going to play? I don't think that the Cowboys have a lot of good options. And just because of that, I'm not done with KJ. I don't think that the Cowboys can afford to be done with KJ. But give me the rest of the players as well. Like, let, let us see them. Like, play them. Let's see what happens. And may or, or unless, you know... Trayvon Mullen and Mackenzie Alexander and Kendall Sheffield are all stinking it up in practice, which could be a possibility. We don't get to see any of that. <laughs> and maybe that's why they're not getting involved yet. Or maybe it's just about a ramp up period since they're late additions to the team. We'll see. But the thing is, you've got three weeks to figure it out. 
And here's what I wanted to get to. Here's what I wanted to get to. And this is perhaps the important part of the show. You need to figure it out because let me read you some stats. The Cowboys love to load the box. They love to do it. They do it at the second highest rate in the NFL. That's allowed them to look a little bit better against the run. That's why they're not getting gashed versus the run. Second highest rate of stacked boxes in the NFL. They play one high shell coverages at the third highest rate in the NFL. They play middle of the field closed, which means they've got that post safety up there while the other safety is near the box at the at a 50% clip. That is 11th highest in the NFL. In other words, the Cowboys like to load up the box and they like to have one safety up high instead of two safeties up high. You are not going to probably, you're not going to be able to load up the box as much when your outside cornerback needs as much help as Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright, Sheffield, whoever it is out there needs right now. The Cowboys defense is not going to be able to do its thing in the secondary. And that's going to also affect your running game a lot. This is a decision that will make or break the season. And you've got three weeks to figure it out before the postseason. The Cowboys do not have time. And that, that is a major issue moving forward. That is the number one thing that concerns me about the Cowboys moving forward. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, shout out to AJ Torres. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, thank you to James as well. He says, I agree. Figure it out fast, says Danny. No pass rush yesterday and no more than one sack by a supposedly doomsday defense. And I don't know if it's injury related or if it's maybe stamina related or overall game plan by opposing teams. But I do miss the world in which Micah Parsons was the walkaway defensive player of the year winner of the season. I don't think that we live in that world anymore. Uh, he might win it. He is definitely a top two candidate for the award. It is a two-man race between him and Nick Boza. But if, a few weeks ago, we were comfortable that that was the Michael Parsons award. Heck, rename it, we, we thought. Rename the award to Michael Parsons. But right now, I'm not even sure if he's going to win it. And that is concerning because it's not that, you know, Micah is getting pressures but not sacks. He's not getting a lot of pressures, period. And that also is a concern to me, the fact that the Cowboys are not rushing the passer. And it all goes hand in hand. It all goes hand in hand. If there is a hole in your secondary, then the pass rush will have a tougher time getting to the quarterback. Lawrence is a master maneuvering the pocket, by the way, Trevor Lawrence. And the Cowboys appear to have some pressures in that game, but but Trevor Lawrence did a fantastic job getting away from, from them. But this has been a trend that has gone on for, for multiple games now. And that is that is the, the reason for concern, I would say. Let's see here. Mo, were we not saying even a year ago that Dallas needs to figure it out, says Tolia? Yeah, we were. The NFL is a league in which you need to figure out a lot of stuff consistently. That's the, that's the thing about, the, about this league. It's not about figuring it out in September and having the same thing work in November and December. 
It's continuous. It's continuous. So, yeah, I agree with Toxic. They're double-teaming Michael Parsons, says Tammy. The thing is, though, and I agree, first and foremost, teams are, are making Parsons their priority when they face the Cowboys, 100%. And that includes double teams. That includes rollouts away from number 11. That includes chipping from tight ends and running backs. That includes making him the, the key for the offense, the guy that you read instead of blocking him. But teams were doing that in September and teams were doing that in October and even November. So I will say that the Cowboys were figuring out ways to get Micah in favorable positions. Plus, Micah was bidding double teams. I don't know why the Cowboys are not getting that production out of number 11. And I don't mean to say that Micah is suddenly not the guy that, that we thought he was, because I do think that he is a great defender and he will have a great career in the NFL. I still believe all of that. But over the last few weeks, that's something that, that has not been the same as, as at the beginning of the season, for sure. Anyways, let's move on here a little bit here uh, into some of the latest news for the Cowboys and the next game, which is the Eagles game. The Cowboys opened as one-point favorites against Philadelphia. That has quickly changed. I think they're about six-point favorites now. There's a reason for that. That did not happen because odds makers and sharp betters think that the Cowboys are the drastically better team. That happened because Jalen Hurts apparently is not going to play on Saturday. And that majorly sucks. It helps the Cowboys get a win, sure. But we're not interested in wins anymore. The NFC, uh, I mean, obviously we are interested in wins. Here's what I mean. If the Cowboys were one game behind the Eagles and Jalen Hurts went down injured, and, you know, a win put you at the driver's seat of the NFC East, then it would be a bummer for Jalen Hurts to get hurt. But also we would be thinking, oh, this helps us secure the number one seed in the conference. That's, off, that's out of the window now. The Cowboys are not fighting for the NFC East. They would need to win out and they would need the Eagles to lose out, which is tough to envision even if Jalen Hurts misses a couple of games or, or even three games, the Eagles might get a win without their starting quarterback, honestly, at this point. But what I'm trying to say is this. The Cowboys are not, probably, are not fighting for the division. They're not fighting for the number one seed. And because of that, it sucks that we're not going to get to see this Cowboys team against the Eagles at full strength. Because what we want right now, instead of, you know, improving the seeding, for the Cowboys is to figure out who the Cowboys are in the first place. Because we know that they're contenders. And I sustained that even after Sunday's loss, the Cowboys remain a top three team in the NFC. That to me is clear. But I want to see them go against the Eagles, right? That's that's what we have wanted to see for, for a while now. And we're not going to get to see a game that, one, matters for the division or at least hugely matters, largely matters, whatever word you want to use. And two, that doesn't have Jalen Hurts at the quarterback. That's not what we really wanted to see. Now, the Cowboys cannot take the Eagles lightly anyways because they've got some players there. And Gardner Minshew, 
is a is kind of a coin flip. He might he might wake up in a good day and and look like a legit NFL quarterback, but they still have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. They still have one of the best rushing games in the NFL, and they still have a couple of dogs at wideout. They're like Devonte Smith and AJ Brown are going to get reps against Kelvin Joseph, Nishan Wright, or any other of the late additions by the Cowboys. So this is not going to be an easy game by any means. But we, we still wanted to see Dak Prescott versus Jalen Hurts go at it, right? Six to Midnight says Hurts is going to play. I really don't think so. Here's why. And, and they have not ruled him out def- definitively. Six says, this is a tactic by the Eagles and we're not falling for it. I don't think that. I, I don't think that is the case. Here is why. You don't fool the odds makers like that. <laughs> you don't fool the charps like that. You, you don't you don't fool the, the sports books. Right now you can get Eagles plus six. I really don't think that Jalen Hurts plays this game. Heck, the betting spread started to move before the reports came out. That happened for a reason. If I had to bet, I would bet a lot of money that Jalen Hurts does not play on Saturday. Sure, they, they could be about surprises. I, I do understand that for sure. They could be having one of the plays of the season. Do the Eagles really need to do that, though? I don't know. Why would you do that against the Cowboys in week 16 when you've essentially locked up the NFC East at this point after the Cowboys lost to the Jaguars? Mighty Minshew you can't do it, says Lumen. I think, that, I think that the Eagles know that Jalen Hurts has a shoulder injury and they know that the Cowboys' loss pretty much sealed the deal for the NFC East. So now you're comfortable and you say, why would we rush Jalen Hurts back? They're even in a position in which they, they pretty much have secured the number one uh, seed in the NFC too. I think Jalen Hurts has a separated shoulder, says Anthony. Just like Emmett had in his epic game against the Giants. Sunday would be a great game to start all your all backups as Lumen. Man, you know who this sucks for though? Uh, fantasy football players. And I, I, I never talk about fantasy football because I've never been a fan. But this is the season in which I've paid the most attention to it. I, I was the guy that forgot how to set up the lineups. Love the NFL. Love football. I'm obsessed with it. I cannot get away with it uh, from it. But... Fantasy football was never my thing, but fantasy football playoffs are are played this weekend, and a lot of playoff teams have Jalen Hurts at quarterback, and they won't have him for this weekend. That's why Micah Parsons' historic needs to be put on ice. This game doesn't mean anything, and the Marcus Lawrence. Yeah, if it is, if Micah's struggles are injury related, sure. Rest him in this game. I wouldn't mind that at all. I wouldn't have that at all. The real Darrell says, you think that these coaches have that smart guy mentality. Chip Kelly came into the NFL with that. Oh, came into the NFL with that mindset and failed. Oh, the, the trickery and stuff. Yeah, I don't believe that for sure. Like going out there and saying that Hurts is not playing and then ultimately playing him. I don't think that. And I really don't think that, you know, uh, odds makers would fall for it either now the nfc is though 
is not in the conversation for the Cowboys. I've seen some people speculate on that. Uh, I think it's it's nearly impossible for Dallas to win the NFC East. You never know, never rule anything out in sports. I mean, the Vikings just came back from a 33-point deficit against the Matt Ryan-led Colts, but I wouldn't get my hopes up at all. Like, I wouldn't even consider it. Let's Let's let a couple of weeks go by. And if it's still a possibility in a scenario, then let's talk about it. In the meantime, not really. Uh, other news for the Cowboys, important. Leighton Van Der Etch, and this is huge. This is the, great, the greatest start that you could have on Monday for the Cowboys. Leighton Van Der Etch is expected to come back this season, and he didn't suffer a neck injury. He suffered a shoulder injury, a stinger. And we talked about this possibility a little bit on Sunday night. We talked about how even a stinger could be an issue for Leighton Van Der Esch. But it's huge that he doesn't have anything to do with his previous neck history. And that he's coming back at some point. Because as I said, maybe you're not as concerned over what happens the next following weeks. uh, Win-loss record-wise, you're concerned about what happens for you to figure out things and be ready to go in the playoffs. But... Now you have a little bit of of maybe a decision-making process in there in which you want to give Leighton Van Der Etch as much rest as you can for you to have him ready to go in the playoffs. Those are some of the most important injuries in the, excuse me, some of the most important news surrounding the Cowboys and the Eagles. That is gigantic news. Dallas hurt, uh, it, it hurt Dallas when Leighton Van Der Esch was not on the playing field versus the Jaguars. And we've talked about how disrespected the guy's been for most of the season. And it's been showing up recently, unfortunately, and the same for Anthony Brown, for example. But getting him back for the playoffs is going to be huge, especially because who are the teams that you're aiming to beat in the postseason? Run-heavy teams like the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers that, let's be real, they still pop up in our nightmares here and there after what happened in January. We still think about that. We're still dealing with those ghosts. So hopefully Jerry comes back. Let's see. Uh, Oh, and I 100% agree with Mark here. This is great news beyond football because we were worried for him and his career and and whatever, you know, it could mean for his life, like another neck injury. Told you so, says... Glad he's okay for his own sake. More alive than football. 100% agree. Bruce says LB has been our best pure linebacker, and it's not been even close. I mean, Micah is not playing a lot of off-ball linebacker. Could that change moving forward? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, shout out to Jeff Cavanaugh. He talked about the possibility of maybe letting him play more off-ball linebacker to keep him a little bit fresher in pass rushing situations. Wouldn't rule that out. But... Uh, when it comes to pure linebacker play, LB has been more than solid, I would say. He's been good to very good. If we split it into solid being average, maybe in good, very good, and elite, I would put him somewhere in between good and very good, honestly. Good year for, for him. Anyways, Iceberg says, Eagles season is over. They want it hurts to be the MVP and it costs them. He will never be the same. That throwing shoulder needs at least two months. Well, I, I don't. I really don't know. I know that the report, the official report, is a couple of games, and you know, doing the math, you could see 
you could see the Eagles getting month in there for Jalen Hurts. Like they've got a bye week and you still have three weeks left in the regular season. They might get a full month for Jalen Hurts. I don't know what the medic experts have said after the news. We'll see, but ho hopefully not. That would suck. Like, let's be real. I know that I know that we hate the Eagles. I know that it would benefit the Cowboys tremendously for a playoff run. But also it would freaking suck if Jalen Hurts had his season ended or something like that because of his shoulder injury this late in the season. I, I hate it when, when the NFL loses players like that. It definitely sucks. So hopefully not. I really do hope that Jalen Hurts plays in the, in the postseason and let's hope that, you know, the Cowboys end up beating them with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. That would be ideal, of course. Anyways, let's move on a little bit here before we get out of here. Uh, just a quick note on Jason Whedon. Jason Whedon is back in the national spotlight. And this is this is a story that we've, uh, you know, there, there, there were some whispers. We've heard about this for a while now, maybe. Finally, seems to be taking place. Jason Whedon is about to become a head coach for a high school that is top 15 in the country in football. I'm talking about Lipscomb Academy. Top 15, they just finished an undefeated season. They've been to third, three straight state champions, championships in Nashville. And this is a big school. Uh, this was tweeted out, by the way, by 104.5, the Zones brand Daughtery from Nashville. He tweeted out that former Dallas Cowboys and future Hall of Famer tight end Jason Witten said to accept the head coaching job for the renowned Lipscomb Academy. Uh, some context here. Trent Dalfer coached Lipscomb Academy, and he was widely successful at it. He went 43-10 over four seasons there. They just, once more, they completed an undefeated season 13 to nothing, and they're currently ranked as a 14th best program in the United States. Now, he met with Lipscomb. He's now set to take over the job. Lipscomb will be making a jump in division. So I, I mentioned all of this as a cool sort of story for one of my favorite players ever, Jason Winnen. That's the guy that I that made me like football maybe in the first place. And who knows, man? Uh, he had some success coaching Liberty Christian School in Texas. Now he returns to his native Nashville. He represented the Vols there. Remember, record-setting career for the school. Hey, Dallas Cowboys fans, Cowboys Nation, let's get ready to hear a lot more about winning moving forward. Who knows? Maybe maybe sometime, someday we, we end up seeing Jason Witten jump up to the FBS or something like that. Charlene says, is that the school that Dialfer used to coach? Yes, that is Trent Dialfer's Limscombe Academy. He went 43 to 10 in the last four seasons there. And now he leaves for UAV and the Blazers. And now Jason Whitney is set to take over. Now, there will, there will be some names that will come out, you know, uh, uh, among players that were on that, excuse me, former players that were on that coaching search. Saying, keep an eye out for those reports, but 
We didn't beat out some names. This is not this is no no small deal here. Something to be in the lookout for. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'll let you know. I'll let you know when when those details come out. But he he did beat out some high profile names. Probably higher profile than you're thinking about right now. You'll see. Anyways, good for him. Happy happy for happy for Jason Witten. Love that a guy. Happy to see him in the national spotlight again. Seems like he is really a, a true football coach. Like he has it in his blood. What can you say? Let's see if we see him at some point in a major college football program, uh, even if it is an, as an assistant. I know that Zach Reagan for, from ADC Sports wrote about that today on the website in case you want to go check it out. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on here a little bit. Uh, final segment of the day. Let's get to Overreaction Monday here a little bit. Let's get into Overreaction Monday. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. As always, let's start with a Cowboys one. After losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Cowboys are no longer a top three team in the NFC. We had a similar one last week, but we need to revisit it. Is that, is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Are the Cowboys still a top three team in the NFC? Let me know in the chat while you do that. And before I give you my answer, though, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is a 2022 Mazda MX-5 Miata RF Grand Touring. This one starts at $37,865. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, keyless entry and push to start, premium audio, a convertible roof, and rain-sensing wipers with a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city. That goes up to 35 when you are in the highway. Ladies and gentlemen, check out the ride of the week over at FreemanMazda.net, a family-owned business for over 65 years. Remember, when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Check it out over at FreemanMazda.net. And let's move on here with Overreaction Monday. Fair reaction or overreaction? Kai says Cowboys top five. Danny says not top three right now. Overreaction says Charlene. Over says uh, straight toxic <laughs> RT's Werner account. Facts. This Tommy over. Let's see here. Over for Lumen. Bruce goes with fair. Fair for Tommy. Ladies and gentlemen, I will go with fair. I think no, nah, excuse me. Overreaction. I think it's that's an overreaction. I think the Cowboys are still a top three team in the in the conference. <laughs> I misspoke. I think it, I think it's an overreaction. And it might be because there are not a lot of teams to choose from in the NFC in the first place. Anyways, more overreaction Monday here. Let's step back a little bit and take a look at the rest of the NFL. Josh Allen with a instant classic win on Saturday night as the snow fell. And snowballs were tossed around by fans. Josh Allen inserted himself 
right back in the MVP conversation. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Josh Allen dropped from, from that conversation a while ago. But, but he, he has put together some good performances here recently. Struggled a little bit against the Jets. That's a top-tier defense, though. Let me know what is your answer there. Josh Allen, right back in the MVP conversation. I will go, personally, with fair reaction. I think it's a fair one. Jalen Hurts is a, is a favorite right now, followed by Patrick Mahomes. And I get that for sure. But also, you can get some voters in there supporting Josh Allen a little bit, especially because the Bills demand so much from him on offense that you cannot ignore it at all. I will go with fair. Mark says Hertz will win it. Fair says Gregory. Over says Lunatic. Jose Guadalupe Vela says fair. Fair reaction for Roger. Fair for Bruce. Fair for Holly. Told you so says ah, it's a QB award, so it's fair. Pretty much everybody went with fair on that one. The same for James here, uh, Mark and Charlene. Hurts being out will hurt it, his numbers, is Anthony. And yeah, and unfortunately, recency bias is a big part of this award. So if he misses the rest of the season, it will definitely hurt Jalen Hurts' chances at the MVP, 100%. All right, one more here, one more here. Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady lost to the Cincinnati Bengals after having a 17-point lead at halftime. Here is my question from me to you. The Cowboys will not face the Tampa Bay Bucks in the postseason. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? I will say it again. The Cowboys will not face the Tampa Bay Bucks in the playoffs. The rival that we've been thinking about for a while now. We had a show a couple of weeks ago stating why the Cowboys already knew who the rival was in the wildcard round. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Ooh. This one is caught this one is causing some some controversy. We won the Panthers is a crease. Translation we want Sam Darnold over Tom Brady. <laughs> that's that's more like it, maybe, Chris. I, I agree. Ferris is Danny. Gregory's is over. Let's see here. Fair for Charlene. Overreactions is Holly. Fair for Joey Vela. Over here for Bruce. Overreaction. He won't go down until the playoffs. Man, I, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with overreaction. I know that the Panthers are alive, as Lumen points out here, even after losing to the Steelers on what was an absolute slugfest. The Steelers had a 21-play drive on that one. That took over 11 minutes off of the clock in the third quarter. That was crazy. But hey, Fair Carolina is still alive. I will go with overreaction, though. I think that this is still the Bucs division. Not because they're good, because everyone else sucks even more. Falcons... Had uh, Desmond Reader made his make his NFL debut and he didn't go out, uh, didn't go as planned. Their defense still sucks. I don't know if I can trust Carolina. I don't know if I can trust the Saints. So I think that it might be the Bucks. And and 
I don't think that the Bucs have shown enough for us to be legitimately scared of Tampa. But that's Tom Brady. And that's the same team that beat you in week one. They're vastly different teams now. Vastly different teams, both the Cowboys and the Bucs. But we know better than to assume that that's an automatic win for the Cowboys. Even though I think that they should be favored and they should win in the wildcard round, whoever they face. Because the NFC South does not have good football teams right now. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. As always, I ask of you one thing. Hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up. Takes one second to do it, and it is the easiest, biggest thing that you can do to help out the show. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. Share the stream. Thank you for choosing to listen to ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime every night at 8 p.m. Central. And if you want some recommended reading, go check out my article on the Jason Whitting head coaching job hire over at adzsports.com slash Dallas with potentially more details to come as well in the website. Make sure you check that out. Excited for Gold Jacket Wit. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, everybody, in the comments. I'm seeing all of your comments. Shout out to Gregory, to Holly, Lunatic. Uh, hit the like button, says Lunatic, because you wouldn't like to see Mo angry. I don't know if you've seen me angry. <laughs> Holly's later. Jeff's is uh, good night. Charlene as well. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Tengan un buen lunes. Prime time brought to you by our friends over at FeminMazda.net. Bye-bye.